What's up, everybody? It's the Disgruntled Sailor here. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Rowdy Sailors. It's a lifestyle brand for the Rowdy Sailor and all of us. It's also active duty owned and operated. They're putting out some cool stuff from t-shirts, flags, hats, tumblers, even stickers. Make sure you go check them out. Their Instagram handle is at Rowdy underscore Sailors and go support one of your own. Make sure you tell them the Disgruntled Sailor sent you and start living that Rowdy lifestyle. The views expressed on the Disgruntled Sailor podcast are exclusively our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any member nor the view of the United States Coast Guard. Furthermore, the podcast does not have any association with nor endorsement from the Coast Guard. We're just two individuals who happen to be in the military, expressing our own personal views and opinions. So sit back, relax, crack a cold beer, unless you're underway, then next watch motherfucker. What is this, episode 53? That's right, episode 5-3. Welcome, you jive turkeys. Um, we have <laughs> <You> cool kids. <laughs> Just call me a jab turkey. Um, so we got a special episode I'm excited about. Um, we've been trying to put this one together for a while, but, um, you know, uh, the say you finally have a busy schedule. I'm now a land bag, and Jimmy Thieg, you have a busy, very busy schedule. So uh, it took a while to get us here, but. Our special guest today is one of my best friends, Jimothy. Jimothy, say hi. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, so go ahead and introduce yourself a little better. Give us your, the background that you want to give. Tell us as much or as little about us, about yourself as you want. Okay, so I'm Jimothy. Going back, Mr. Miami and I have been best friends for a number of years even though sometimes work keeps us apart and we don't talk whenever we do. It's like we were never apart. Yep. Uh, I am a member of the BM rating, and I am an E6. Ew. Currently on an afloat platform. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to doing this show and some lapsing with you guys and drinking some road sodas. You're like one of only two BM1s that I actually like. Like, as not only, like, not as people, <laughs> but, like, as, like, BM1s. Like, oh, you're a pretty good BM1, you know, like. That's a very small margin, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. So you're currently attached to a float unit, correct? That's correct. Okay. So that's going to come up later on. It's a special tool that's going to help us later. Okay. Um. So clubhouse. It's a special yep, tool. That'll help it's a out. special tool that'll help us later. <laughs> um. So this episode, we're going to cover something that you just went through, which is the OIC review board. Is that what it's called? That's correct. And then we're going to start a new segment. Um. Jesus Christ. Was that How your am duty? I still getting calls in airplane are you, mode? Are you on Wi-Fi? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, um, my mom wants me to swear at Oak and Iron as vigorously as possible. She's no, so she upset. Does not. Yeah, you she's so mad. Liar. She says, I'm going to tell everyone I know not to buy their coffee because my sweet mother, who's recovering from a car accident, Ordered some coffee. To, ordered some coffee. A car accident. That was her fault. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the dogs are going off again. It's okay. We'll calm down. Just yell at them. It doesn't work. Have you tried hitting them? One of them is only three pounds. It'll break his legs. Hit them lightly. Sucks to suck. <laughs> um, no, it's because Lindsay just pulled in. Okay. Um, so. 
my mom obviously is a big supporter of our podcast and um she wanted to support our sponsors oak and iron so she bought like four different kinds of coffee in a bunch of k-cups and she was all excited and the coffee finally shows up and she texts me she goes i got my order and i was like oh cool how is it and she sent me a picture in the, the one of the um one of the uh, types of coffee exploded um like one whole like uh what do they call it like a not brand like a it was uh, like a, a pack bl- of k cups that a, a blend a certain a certain blend there it is yeah and it just exploded everywhere and i immediately um texted dan and i was like yo you just fucked over sandy real hard like how dare you um and apparently like when you roast coffee right after you roast it it gives off gas so like if you don't let it like air out or whatever for a period of time yeah it blows up um so it just it was just interesting that and funny like one of those weird coincidences like my mom helped us start the podcast she's trying to help the sponsors and it just so happens that the one time she orders coffee it fucking explodes everywhere you know (laughs) um but within 30 minutes dan had already sent out you know, new coffee and my mom's had it, the, the K cups at the office, making everybody try them. And so far everyone likes them. So they're going to put some reviews together and send it their way. So oh, that'd be good. Yeah. But it was just kind of like, it had to be like my mother. Like it had to be Sandy. Like, you know, it's just wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, all right. Next we got, we got some new coins in. So if you look at this, this is a pretty hefty coin, right? Let me take it out of the packaging here. Hold on. I'm having technological differences. All right. Don't let the plastic beat you. Oh, that looks pretty swag. Did I show you our new coin? Yeah, you did. Uh, I think we talked about it uh, last episode. Yeah, I got to yeah. get that in the mail to y'all. I don't have any extras yet. So that is the back. It says Coast Guard, Theod- Coast Guard Cutter Theatus, Wardroom. Improvise, adapt, overcome. I've never met an officer that can improvise, adapt, or overcome anything. Um, but whatever. I, I have. They're just few and far between. <laughs> and then on the back, uh, or on the front, I guess, it says Duval Street. It's got the southernmost point buoy, and then it's got a 270. And it's all okay, like... That's the bridge. Yeah, that looks yeah, cool. It's pretty cool. It's, it's a bigger coin. I mean, like, yeah. I have pretty big oh, hands you- and, like... When you, you sent know. it to me, I didn't realize that's the first like ever wardroom specific coin I've seen. Yeah, like uh, we've seen like ship coins, chief's mess coins. We've seen presented by the CO coins, uh, but it came with a little note. Uh, it says my first name. Thanks again for your help while Theodos was doing this. Uh, meaning to send these out. Love listening to the. And then he wrote an arrow to know to turn it to the back because he's an officer. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says podcasts. So. <laughs> Love listening to the Arrow podcast, and uh, that was from a JG on the Theatus, um, and uh, I don't want to say his name, but um, he knows who he is, but thank you. Appreciate the coins. Uh, me and um, the Scrumble Sailor are going to definitely have those up. I got my brother-in-law said he's going to make me a challenge coin hoarder, so I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's right, cool. Yeah, right now they're just in a Ziploc bag, and they're it's getting pretty hefty. Um. So next is the um, that new. Are you gonna uh, the sticker you sent me, uh, the advisory one? Are you gonna like make that a thing? Oh, I 
maybe it it got a pretty good amount of like i i posted it on the gram and they did a poll for like people's thoughts and like it got like 80 something percent for like yeah we like it and then like three or five percent for fucking no that's trash what did it say so, again um hold on i'll pull it up i have a picture on my phone It says restricted, and then it has like our logo. Like I took it from the rated R thing you see on movies, and it says strong language, hurt feelings, excessive alcohol use, and bad decisions. And then it says <laughs> adult supervision recommended. Yeah, I that's a that's a pretty cool one. That's I I, th- I think we should go ahead with that one. Um, if we can get it pretty Hold cheap. On. You guys, uh, who uses the Maker Coin? Have you looked at coinsforanything.com? We haven't. Um, the only coins we made were those poker chip coins, and we're we try to keep things. I'll be right back. All right, we try to keep things as like cheap as possible, you know. So like, the problem is like, you know, if we were like gonna, we'd have to do a recurring thing because you got to order so many to get the dies, and then like it's, you know, is there even enough of a, you know, want for like one of our coins, like. You, you know, if you if you do the challenge coin thing, you go to a bar and you're like, oh, I have a ancient mariner coin. Like, oh, I got a seal of the theatus coin. Like, I have a disgruntled sailor coin. They'd be like, what? Get the fuck out of here. You know? <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll save that till that's what comes back. So, well, for unit needs, the coins for anything isn't a bad gig. They provide you an artist when you reach out to them, and they can make it work with whatever colors you got and like spitball ideas, and then they'll do all the the CAD design basically, and then. From there, it's just one fee for the, the coin and how many you want to make. No additional artwork stuff. It's just like one one lump sum. So it's real easy. Like it's FPD friendly or FSMS, whatever it is now. Do you remember that one time when we were stationed together and I took charge and invented a whole new coin for the entire fucking station all on my own? Do you remember that? Got it, got it on my rack right over there. Yeah. And then our match chief came in and immediately got rid of it and made his own coin. <laughs> He he kept a lot of the same. He just changed, I think, up the border or something. I saw the new coin. It doesn't look bad, but yeah. I, I use Shut the up. one. That, I keep the one displayed that you uh, you made for yeah. us. I have one of the original small ones that you gave me, and then I have the ones that I designed. Um, but the one with the forty ones on it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, we put the one that, that we designed. We know made you like make sure the hall number on the forty five says four five six two one. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, so my son went to Universal the other day and uh, like I didn't talk. He, it was a field trip. He was there till like eight o'clock at night. And like I texted him like once, like, how's everything going? And then like three hours go by, he's like, fine. And then he sends me a picture of this like man. And he's like, dad, check this out. And I was like, who's that man you're with in Disney or, or, or Universal? He's like, that's Mr. Beast. And I was like. I don't know who Mr. Beast is, and I had to look it up. Your your kid met Mr. Beast? Yeah, I got a picture of it. That's rad. Uh, apparently, he's like some... He's super fucking famous. Like, super millionaire famous. Like, he spent like $3 yeah, million. Dollars, like, yeah, he spent like $3 million like recreating Squid Games and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And like, my son just like bumped into him at, you know, Universal and was like, yeah, let me snap a pic. I have uh, no idea who Mr. Beast is either. I literally had to look it up. And like, it, I know who he is. He, he's a he's a YouTuber, and I was like, 
I heard he was a YouTuber. I was like, that's it. I'm fine. Like, I don't need any more information. But <laughs> um, did you get – do you have our name patches yet that we got? From- no, I don't. I don't. I don't have them yet. Uh, they're fixing the typo that's on mine. Yeah. And then they're going to give it to me. Because yours says disgruntled, not disgruntled. Yeah, yeah. So I made a post a long time ago about if anybody could get us some aviation, like flight suit patches. And uh, somebody messaged me. It was the aviator, the the guy we had on like last episode or the episode before. No, nice. Um, Yeah, so it's like, looks kind of like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a rectangle. um, And it's got the Coast Guard emblem. It's, Yellow outline, blue. It's got like a helicopter shaped like a fish. Yours says disgruntled sailor, and mine says Mr. Miami. Yeah. So, but so he's gonna fix the typo in mine, and then he's gonna give them back to me. That's dope. That's dope. Um, uh, I like getting stuff. It's really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, next is, did you guys hear about Coast Guard Cutter Cushing? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, you know, it it, it broke a couple like five days ago, I think we just haven't had a chance to record, but so I'm a 110 sailor. Um, and after, you know, that we were done with the one tens cause we beat the living shit out of them. Uh, we decom some, we cut some in half. Uh, we tried to make some, some longer. Yeah. Uh, tried to make some longer and that didn't work. So it turns <laughs> out if you take a 110 and just cut it the fucking half and then add like 30 feet and then just weld some struts on the outside, it's not going to hold up, you know? Um, there's probably I think there's still a couple of them sitting up in Baltimore. They are sitting in Baltimore. I got a buddy up there, and he says, yeah. "Yep, they're just sitting collecting yep. dust, play hide and seek on them." Yeah. So the Cushing was a 110. Um, so I don't remember what class it was, but you know, like the one I was on was the island class. I don't remember what it is. I think that was like Cushing was like an alpha alpha class, I think. And what they did is they, you know, they can they they can, you know, we've given ships to the Philippines, to Taiwan, to uh, all kinds of people. The Cushing, Bangladesh. Just so that, yeah, Bangladesh. The um, I took a quick screenshot just to make sure I got it. But um, so what we did with this one, well, I say we like I had anything to fucking do with it. Um, so damn it, I had, that's not the right screenshot. But um, it got renamed like SPV or SRU or PR ninety one or something like that, and we gave it to the Ukraine. Uh, a while back, and then the Russians fucking sank it, and all of the crew is still missing. Really, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't read that far. I'm more of a like a you picture know. person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> more of a, like there's a a thing that me and my brother, you know, used to do, like. I read an article the other day. He's like, an article? Are you sure it wasn't nothing? Okay, well, it was more of like a quick paragraph, or was it? Okay, well, I looked at the picture real quick. All right. Um, but it, it, it's a classic 110, still has a 17-foot rib back on the soft patch. It looks just like a 110 except gray. And uh, they fucking sank that shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, um, I don't know how big their crew complement was, if they had, like, the standard what the Coast Guard used when it was in their possession. But uh, last I heard, they still have not made any recoveries of the crew. Have you heard, like, how it went down? Like, all I heard was it was sunk by the Russians. I couldn't find, like... They shot it. They torpedoed it. They bombed it. They, I didn't, I couldn't find what it actually did. Anybody, you guys got anything? I, I didn't see either. it either. I, I probably saw the same it. headline that you saw. Um, 
the article that I saw had something to do with just kind of like what happened with the uh, Russian ship that went towards that small island detachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they basically told them to, you know, pound salt. Yeah. So I guess that happened again, but with that patrol boat. And they said pound salt. And they're like, okay. And they crazy. They sent it. What a crazy so. time to live in. What's gas where you guys are at? Ooh, four thirty nine. Uh, like, like, like reg, like regular gas. Yeah, like eighty seven octane out here is like four thirty nine at the exchange right now. It just hit four thirty nine this morning, at where I'm at. Uh, diesel, diesel out here is over five dollars a gallon now. Whoa. Premiums over yeah. five dollars or almost five dollars a gallon at some places. It's over five already. My old man said the gas at his house is four ninety nine. Oh, so I saw a post, um, and it had like the, from the movie I Am Legend. And yep, you know we've how reached I Am Legend the, gas prices. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> LA God. surpassed it. It's over six dollars. It's like almost seven dollars a gallon in LA. Yeah, I'm gonna get That's a horse. I'm, I'm gonna need that show horse that we got. So I can <laughs> ride show horse fucking work. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, next, so. After I picked up the kids at school and I, I stopped at the gas station to get some beer and there's like this line like queue you got to go through at this gas station and this old lady, she was probably 60, very disheveled, like just a fucking mess and she didn't follow the line like everyone's in line and she just like walked up and she like she obviously has done some sort of hard drugs in her life and I'm just like she's pissing me off so I'm staring at her. And like trying to give her like the mean mug, trying to be trying to look mean so she like gets in fucking line. And I look down, and from the, the where her knee starts to where her ankle bone is, is a like full size, life size bottle of Soco tattooed on her leg. Like it just nice. Like I I I was so angry. I looked at it, I was like, holy shit. Like <laughs> and I had left my phone in the car, and I wish I had my phone because. I would have literally just like take. I would have taken a picture, but I, I could. I only imagine like you're a tattoo artist, you're a professional, and some crackhead comes in and goes, "Could you tattoo a full size bottle of Southern Comfort on my leg?" And he's like, "No, because that's fucking ridiculous." What are you in high school? Get the fuck out, you know. <laughs> and it just it took me back, and I, I gotta start carrying my phone more. Like, just uh, girl say, did I send you the picture I took at the beach last week? I don't think so. So I went to the beach last week. Uh, my in-laws were in town. And we go back to the showers. Like, we're getting ready to leave. Like, those things where you wash your feet off. And I swear to God, there were nine fucking Amish people there. Like in Oh, full... you did send me that. You did send me that photo. Yeah. <laughs> full Amish garb. Straw hat, suspenders, buttoned up. Their full fucking dresses, bonnets, the whole nine yards. Long, long white beards. Yeah, just out at the beach having a fucking time of their lives. Like. You know, hey Yoder, it's spring break, don't you know? And then let's all get in the carriage and fuck off down to the beach. Like, I like I I was carrying all my shit. I was angry, pretty drunk, you know, because you know we went to the beach with like 15 people, and I'm just angry. And like I look over, and this dude, if you look at the photo I I sent you, the Amish guy is looking right at me because he sees like I just like I was trying to be nonchalant, but I couldn't do it, so I just like held it out like, hey, hey, and I took a picture. Like, <laughs> I got it, like. Just like the kid with the mullet at the dancer side. I was like, dude, I got to get this on film or no one's going to believe me. You know, like, what'd you do this weekend, Miss Rami? I saw an Amish guy at the beach and they go, shut the fuck up. And I just had to take a picture of it. It was so funny. Um, all right. 
Any other admin things anybody want to go before we get into the, the business? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. You got your story. Yeah. Remember the giveaway I posted this? I posted a couple <laughs> days ago. Yeah. So CG memes tagged like the rules were you got to be following to mm-hmm. enter. You have to tag three of your like scumbag friends. And you got to like the post. Okay. So, so Coast Guard memes tagged the commandant, the vice commandant, and the MCPOG. Get the okay? fuck out. Get the fuck out of and here. And so I immediately responded to his comment and said, if any of them like it, I'll send them some swag. Really? So today, official MCPOG Instagram liked the liked my comment on the post. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No, I swear. So I slid into mcpog's dms and was like hey it's not often the mcpog likes one of our posts i go i don't think it's ever happened uh but send us that address and we'll send you some shit out shut the fuck up what are you gonna send them that's cool i don't know dude that just goes to show you be careful who you tag because people pay attention like i'm sure he doesn't run his own social media page i'm sure it's like some pa somewhere that runs it but still like what if if he does if if they like he send seems me, like the kind of guy that would be like, no, I'm running my own fucking thing. Maybe, but if they send me um, an address, I'm sending some shit out. And it's going to be a couple of things that we've never released that we've gotten from like Nautical USA has made us some stuff yeah. uh, that I haven't given out to anybody. So I'm going to give the Pog like some one-off stuff that he's made for us. Like as well on, as some of our stuff. On one hand, I really would like the Pog to listen because I actually like this one. But on the other hand, I really kind of don't want him to listen. Like, you know, like I, I was telling like somebody who knows it's me, and I was like, "So this happened," and he's like, "Seems like a trap. Seems like a trap." <laughs> I mean, not today. You see, just yeah, so not today. I didn't want to. I didn't want to tell you when it happened because I wanted your genuine reaction, which I just got. Oh, uh, so, but I called birds aren't real, and I told him. And he goes, so what are you going to do now? And I go, still going to send it. Got to see it through, my boy. Got to send it through. We can't, we, you know, we, we can't just talk about it. We got to be about it. Uh, oh, man, that is. What would, what would he even, what do you think he would think? Do you think he'd be like, hey, decent work, fellas? Do you think he'd be like, you guys is a piece of shit. Knock it off. <laughs> I don't know. So here, hold on a second. So here's the, here's the post where CG memes. Tagged them all in it, right? Yeah. And then that's me below it saying, I'll send us some stuff if any of them like it. And then there it is. Official McPog. Does it say following? <laughs> yeah, I follow I followed him. Oh, I was okay. like, well, I probably should follow the McPog if he's gonna start liking my stuff. <laughs> so he does not follow us yet, if you're wondering. We should change that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this changes it. Maybe this is the like door we've been waiting for. Like maybe maybe like, we could get him on an episode because you know he does a podcast too. It's called the One MC. Yes, yes he does. So, so so maybe we could do a collab. I'm just putting that out there. The powers of be make it happen. <laughs> uh, I don't even if I if I ever did that. I don't know if I could go back to being regular Coast Guard. I would have to be like walk around with my nose up and like. You know, <laughs> um. Uh, speaking of like, what's high, even funnier? Before we move on from that, is the last episode we put out right? You know the name of the title? Uh, 
That was NASCAR was it... and rack fapping. So if he yeah. pulls up our latest episode, it's going to be wild. He's a cutterman. He gets it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like higher ups, did you see the new the uniform board's about to convene? I did. I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's due. Submissions are due April first, and I got some fucking ideas that I'm going to send them. Um, I want like good do, ones. Yeah, I want an FAI pin. I think it's horseshit that we don't have one. ODU um, short. ODU shorts. We should go back to ODU shorts. Now that Admiral Yost is has passed away, we should get the beards back in the Coast Guard. Never happened. Never gonna happen. <laughs> you, you have a. We're more likely to get marijuana legalized to use in service than beards. Hundred um, percent. I'll take that too. I think we should get like, an, <laughs> like, uh, like an Listen, e, like. There's, there's give and take here. Yeah, I think you should have like, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of like the army does. Like, let us wear some shit that we're proud of, like Corman or. Not Corman, EMT, um, or you know, like uh, deck watch officer pain, like underway OD, like you know, I'm not underway OD. I have the same fucking Cutterman pin that RC Cola has. Like there should be let a deck wear, watch officer pin. Let us wear one morale patch on our uniforms. Yeah. Yep. Just or I'll, I'll settle for a unit patch and a fucking Coast Guard patch. Bro, I hope the unit patch make, thing flies. If, I really if do. If they let like us wear morale patches, we're making a morale patch. If they let the if they let us just like when they issued us badges, they issued BO's badges for a little bit back in the day. It took like two months and they're like, You ruined it. You literally ruined it. And you know, we did. We fucking ruined it. Uh if they let us wear unit patches, it'll happen for one week and then everyone will be in trouble again. We yeah. just we can't yeah. you know, if you talk to like, you know, let's say you know two hundred coasties, you're like, none of my friends would do that shit. You know there are fucking dirtbags. Like, oh, all of our all of our listeners would do this shit. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. All right. So you're a Jim, you're a, a coxswain, right? I am. On how many boats? Oh well, I never thought about that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You have. You know off the top of your head. I think at least all boats mates like smelling oh. their own farts. They're like qualified on six. I think boats. I think at least six. I got the twenty-four, uh, twenty-nine, forty-five. Uh, the OTH. Um, Which one? Mark OTH four. Mark four. Yeah. yeah. I how many? That, that's it. Yeah, four. How many? How many boats are you crewman on? Uh, that's six. Ooh. Because I did have I, the twenty-five and I did have the forty-seven. I'm I'm qualified on ten standard boat platforms, so I mean, not that we're measuring dicks here or anything. You're a salty dog. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> um. So you're a deck watch officer as well. I am. All right. Um. All right. So you're both mate, coxswain, seasoned coxswain. Have some star cases under your belt. Um. So I've, you know, talked about you a couple times on here. I've talked to people in person. So you're kind of like what I think the Coast Guard wants BMs to be like. Like, thank you. You go to. That wasn't a compliment for the most part. <laughs> well, I'm taking this one. I'm gonna wear that badge of honor. So. so you know, you were so you were at Barnegat Light, right? Which is a pretty rad place. That's correct. Um, was my first station. And how long were you there? Round about a year. It was a real short tour because that was okay, my, so, uh, my first unit, and I went to A school after that. All right. So then I met you like six, seven months after you got to the unit we were at together, right in Panama City. What year did you get to Panama City? Did you get there in like sixteen? I was sure. certified once you got sure. there, so it was like a year after I was at Panama City. Okay, so they, that's when you were one LT by the time I got there. 
And I then, was 1LT my first month of that station. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever told it's you the whole coming big dick swinging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, it was kind of it's kind of funny, right? Because like at my first unit, the 1LT, he would do he was a BM1, and he would make like the work list and kind of like, all right, guys, we're gonna do this and do that and like little fun little projects here and there. And then so when I got to Panama City, the job was open. It was just collateral, though like a duty standard held it. It wasn't like a day work in billet, and uh, none of the seconds really wanted it. And I raised my hand, not really knowing what all I was getting into. And it's actually probably one, of the better, it's probably one of the better moves I did, though, because it taught me a lot. But it was mm -hmm. trial by fire. Like, I was not good in the beginning. And yeah, I think so, right around the time you got there, I was actually getting yeah. kind of better at it. But uh, and then, the so did you do in the beginning were not really. Uh, did you do? They, a, they had to give me a lot of teaching. Let's put it that yeah. way. Did you do a full three years in Panama City? I did four years there. Oh, OK, so at this point, when you left there, you've been in like six years, right? Five. Five. Okay, so five years, and you left as a second. And yes. then how long you, – you were only a second for like a year, year right? I was a second for about a little over three. I made second fast. Yeah. So, so you're now at eight years in. Eight years next month. And you're already a DWO, and yep. you've already you've, – you've started your OIC review process. That's correct. Okay. Jesus now, Christ. Also, I also want to mention that – so – they do these things called officer in charge. So mom, OIC, I'm sorry. OIC stands for officer in charge. So a unit has a, a boss. There's a head boss. If you're an officer, you're a CO or a commanding officer. If you're enlisted, you are an officer in charge. Uh, so that's the delineation there. In order to be an OIC, there's a lot of rigmarole you got to go through. Seems boring and tedious. Um, but so I remember as a, you were a BM3. And you asked Master Chief or Boson, I don't remember which one, I would like to go to the officer in charge, uh, what was it, conference or roadshow or something? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. You were like the lowest ranking person there, weren't you? I was a brand new BM2 at the time, and they sent me. Uh, yeah. And I tell you what, that I still have notes from that college yeah. that I used to prepare for the sector board that I just yeah. sat on. Yeah. I remember, like, you were dude, getting your chops ready. Like, I'm going to an OIC conference or college or fucking whatever. It's like, you're such a fucking nerd, Jim. Like, like all the other BM2s and BM1s were like, nah, I'm fucking doing that. It sounds tedious. I don't want to do it. And you're like, nah, dude, fuck that. I'm doing this shit for sure. Uh, and I remember you were gone for a week, and you thought it was fucking dope. And like you said, you just took your sector OIC review board, so. That's you, correct. And you, I got the approval that I'm going to be uh, moving on to the district board. So that's the uh, the real wolf den. I got six weeks to prepare. I thought passing sector would make me a little less nervous, but I'm more nervous. So, uh, all right. So let's let, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Right. Um. So, like, when you think of an OIC, so like, have you have you have you done your XPO screening? I assume. I haven't had to screen yet because I haven't been due to rotate. Because when I was supposed okay. to rotate this year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to land an ops job on the ship, so I just went ahead and extended, and I, I haven't even screened for XPO yet. So the the end goal is to have your own command one day, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, so the, I assume the first thing is you decide, I'd like to be an OIC. Yes. And then where do you go from there? So from there, it's just studying and starting the board process. The commandant instruction states you have to be a first class bosun's mate. 
to sit before the review board with two years uh, without a command job. And if you have a command job as a first class, so an XPO, then it's one year. And then if you don't have either of those requirements, which would be me, there is a waiver that you can do that the uh, first 06 within the chain of command has a uh, delegated authority. So I have is a Is it like a PQS, like to, like everything you got to do, or is it just you just knowledge-based strictly? It's, it's basically knowledge-based. There's really no PQS uh, aside from like your performance practors. So like I'm going for a shore and a float commands. So I have to have been a coxswain. And I have to have my underway OD letter. And then now that I'm eligible for both a float and a shore, when you go to the board, you have seven people on the other side of the table asking you questions about Who training. are they? Who are they? Like, could I be on one? You could not, unless you were like maybe a super duper like work life guy. Um, uh, hello, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at you. Does not fit the bill. <laughs> But uh, you could do, oh, I'm trying to think. So you'll have like your multi mission ashore guy. <laughs> then you'll have your multi mission afloat person. Then you'll have the CMC of your sector or district, depending on the board you're sitting on. Sector, you'll get a, a commander. And then at district, you'll get a captain. And then you'll have an ATON representative, a work life representative, and an engineering representative. So you've never worked ATON. So can they ask you ATON questions? They do. It's like they ask me the softball stuff because they know I'm not going for an ATON command. Yeah, Aton is uh, aids to navigation. That's your lights and buoys and dayboards and shit. Your yeah. black holes. But just because you're not go you're, you don't plan on applying for an Aton command, but if you pass all this shit, you can apply for it, right? Right. But when you do, when you go into the board, they know if you're there for multi mission or if you're there to do aids to navigation, and they'll okay. they'll cater your board to that. Um, but because I've never been at an aids to navigation unit, I don't qualify. I don't have any Aton quals. Uh, but the Aton guy still asked me questions, just like basic navigation, buoy characteristic things. What what do I do? Like we get this lot of station. If we see an aid that isn't watching properly, um, making sure that it's verified it's been reported discrepant, that kind of thing. I tell you what, too, anyone that's interested in doing this process for Aton officer in charge positions, the Aton community is hurting for officer in charges. Uh, those river tenders and stuff, uh, all the, all the units that are basically like your priority ones try to get after the command jobs on the BM side, they they need people to come fill those jobs. They don't have enough A-ton afloat officer in charges right now in the Coast Guard. There's actually more billets than there are certifications active. That's crazy. So you got a bunch of guys. So you is it is this a TROPS kind of, kind of event? Yes. Okay. Um, I would have worn winter dress blues because I like with them. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I hide the sweat a little bit better. I tell you what, yesterday my yeah. sweat was down to my belt line by the time we were um, done. So it's you. You do a sector board. You're at the sector you're in, right? Yes. Okay. And so, how long was the board itself? Let, let me back up. How do you like? Do you say? So I assume it goes to the sector commander, right? Like I want to do an OIC review board, right? Or is there like an officer review board season? So there is a season, it's every fall and spring, and then there's a usually a bosun, some kind of chief warrant officer role at the sector that is the board coordinator or facilitator, and then you'll reach out to them. There's a packet on the uh, BM portal page on how to prepare your application, and then it's in a seven-part folder, and it basically has all your career in it, A to Z, uh, special 
certificates or when you put your seven port folder together did it make you feel like look at what i've done it was like shit that looks small so actually because my wife is really really good at keeping things i had a lot of stuff um a lot more than i thought and when i turned it in because i was going in on a waiver with the amount of time that i have in it was also like you have a lot of certificates um but it was stuff that like, you know, like stuff that you and I take for granted sometimes where it's like, oh, hey, I got a thing. Well, when I yeah. tossed it aside, Lindsay would come up behind me and scoop it up. So yeah. when I was scratching my head saying, man, what am I going to do to make this like look presentable? She was like, well, here's your tote, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. So, but then here's the other trick is now all that stuff also has to be in your EIPDR. So mm-hmm. that's a whole process of itself. Yep. And I don't know if y'all have ever pulled your EIPDR, but yep. most of them Done are empty for a most of them are empty yeah. for a while. They're usually people. missing tons of shit. Those damn yeomen. <laughs> so, and yeah, and so like I'm coming up on my eight year mark. So I can't even imagine some of the guys that are doing this like 15, 16 years in. So um, you're, that, that was my, that was my original point And I got off topic. So you're eight years and you're a BM1 yep. and you're, you're on your third year on a cutter or fourth year. I am finishing up my third year on a ship. So you've been in eight years. You've already been to, a float for three years and you're already sitting for like a command position. Like, I think that is like a, like, that's yeah, like, sta- like, like, that's like astounding. Big dog. Yeah. Like that's your progression in your career is, is wild for the amount of time you have in. Well, yeah. Thank you. Um, I've had good teachers. I've had good mentors like Mr. Yeah. Miami along the way. And believe it or not, yes, you play a big part in that. Um, but you I know, disagree. Also, I also, well, barely taught you. I barely taught you fucking anything, dude. I taught you how to swear and how to do boardings a little bit. That's pretty much a, it. I got a pretty sweet 5'11 duffel bag I still carry around while I go make boomsticks go off. For legal reasons, that's a joke. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my original point. Like, you're you're progressing a lot faster. Like, you know, uh, a lot of people drag their feet. I dragged my feet for a while. Um, I'm all the way done. My feet have stopped moving. Um, but... It's it's refreshing to see people like I remember like it would be like we'd be on the twenty four or like we'd be doing night ops and it'd be shitty and you're like no nah, Mister Man look man it's look at the stars man we're out here we're getting paid we're making money to be out here driving boat in this neat I'm like would you shut the fuck up Jim like, <laughs> but it but at the same time it is nice to see people who are still quote hard for the guard like yeah. still get out there like doing the king's business getting it done and still happy to be doing it. Yeah, running but, running boats with a bunch of your buddies is best part of the job, you know. Yeah, like it. I mean, if if driving boats was the only thing about being a boats mate, I'd have been a boats mate. I just don't like non rates or painting, you know. Like I saw a quote the other day. It said like, fifty percent of my time in the military is man, I can't believe I get paid to do this, and the other fifty percent is I don't get paid enough for this fucking shit. Yeah. But so uh, and and that's where now the BM rating has kind of gotten it itself in a little bit of a pickle, and I feel like I can openly say that because it's even our RFMC has acknowledged it, that we have over task saturated our rating with the personnel responsibilities on the XPOs of these units. And I think that has. What do you mean by that? So your XPO. Doing too much with not enough people. Yeah. Your XPO is basically your support person now because they took support people out of stations. And this is, that's just one example, you know, there's not enough money on the world to make me be a fucking XPO at a small station. Never yeah. gonna happen. See, exactly. I, not gonna, not gonna fucking happen. Like, 
yeah. you know, it, you, you think you're like, oh, I'm an XPO. I'm going to command position. I'm going to drive boats. We're going to do this. And like, Seaman Timmy touched Seaman Sally. Like, God damn it. Like, yep. you know, Seaman yeah, Dave tough. is, he's, he can't make his car payment. And, you know, you know, Seaman Steve, and, he's high on cocaine. You're like, shut fuck, you know? Yeah. And not, then not having a, a financial system for how many months we didn't have one. And then not having uh, the P cards and stuff at the unit, you know, those are those are all responsibilities that land in the XO's lap. So they have a very consuming job. And then they still need to maintain currency certification and be the head of the training board, like you just said. So it's yeah. it's a lot, but it's gotten a lot of traction. Yeah. Uh, there's actually been some memos that have gone up in headquarters that are trying to redesign the support role uh, and try to alleviate the BM rating of some of that task saturation. And then the uh, the thing that I just learned about is I have someone right now and currently in BMA school and that person told me that they have people right now coming into BMA school boot to A. I, I didn't know. I knew we were critical, but I didn't know we were actually doing the boot to A stuff. So How, they're making Bosa mates worse. Like <laughs> I don't like I don't like people who in boot to A. I don't I don't either. Like it's you definitely lose who... a piece of you know character development doing the non right tour, even though my non right yes. tour was short, but that Jim, that's the nicest way to tell someone they're a piece of shit. You're losing character <laughs> development. <laughs> like yeah. you're you're still an officer in charge mode, aren't you? Like I think you missed a uh, piece of career <laughs> no. development here. Whereas I'd be yeah. like, you fucking piece of shit, you missed fucking movement. You know? Yeah. That was that's got to be on a t-shirt somewhere. Um, we can make it one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you reach out to Boser and he go, you, you know, like I want to do this. I want to schedule a thing. How long did you have to prepare for your actual like board? Uh, so the message comes out advertising the board usually about a month or so in advance. Uh, and this is something I've been kind of working on now for the past year because when I first made BM1 and they did the boards, I put in a waiver for my, my time in and stuff and actually got denied. Uh, so the board facilitator and I have been in regular contact over the past year. And I, I knew like, you were hey. going to fucking say that. <laughs> like, yeah. I knew you would just be like, oh, well, I tried. I knew you wouldn't take that. Yeah, so I tried again. Uh, I, I, we talked about it in the fall, but instead of routing paperwork to do the waiver, we just it was a discussion. It was like, just wait till you have at least a year as a first. And then now I put it in, and because of the, the need for like the BM rating, the need for people to sit for the OIC review boards, because people sitting in general is at an all-time low, it was like 24-hour turnaround. I got instant thumbs up. You're going to go sit, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, really good support network where I'm at right now for the OIC review board stuff because there's a lot of OICs. Uh, so that made it easier, but how receptive of uh, are you know uh, OICs when you're going for that? Is it like a you know like a like a like a like a boys club or or not, excuse my vernacular? I know it's 2022. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it like a boys club or is it like absolute man? I'm here for you, like you know, um, you know, uh, kind of petered out there, but. You know, it's, it's exactly it's the, the second way you said it, because yeah. so I, I sat for my sector board. I got the thumbs up yesterday of the four candidates that sat in my local sector. I'm actually the most junior and the only one that passed. Get the fuck uh, out of here. Really? Yeah, I'm Fucking, the only one. Favor. All I, I do is win, 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 no matter <laughs> what. <laughs> were you all were you all BM ones? One of them is a chief as of today. Damn boy, you be the chief. So, yeah, and he's and I, I know all of them. They're all good guys, and they're all super smart. So I really I want to talk to him to kind of like figure out, you know, hey, what what happened? Um, but I'd wait, uh, let it marinate a little bit. 
Yeah. No, nah, dude, hit it. it. Hit while it's hot. Like, hey, <laughs> but, yo, I heard you fuck about, this shit up. But talk about pressure now because it's funny. It's a small community. So people that I know here came up under our master chief from Panama City. So there was two guys really on my board that went through the OIC process under that master chief. And I was like, oh, wow, no pressure because now these guys know these other people. And then before we were a master chief and we were a CEO – there was people also that knew him and it's just like, it's kind of cool because now today I didn't say anything that I passed because it's like a small win. I don't want to think like, Oh, I'm done because now it's like the real work I feel like needs to turn up first step. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like I really need to turn up to go to the next board. And, uh, I had people reaching out to me on Facebook when they, it like kind of traveled through the vines that I passed that like from when I was a non-rate, my first CEO, uh, my A school advisors, like people I don't really routinely keep in contact with. Everyone's like, hey, we're here for you, whatever you need. You know, talk to us. Here's my phone number. Call me. Like, we'll go over leadership stuff. And it's like kind of overwhelming the amount of support that comes from it because people do know it's a hard and challenging process. I, I knew but, it was hard and challenging. I didn't expect that kind of output from other I wasn't people. sure how it was going to go either. You know, I was kind of like, this is like me against them, but it's not. I really... Yeah. truly think well, the people on the other side of the table want to see you make it through well not only that i mean like i feel like it's with anything like when you're genuine about something and you're coming to people for help mm-hmm. and it's not like malicious or anything like you're, you're literally trying to learn or better yourself and get to these next positions you'd be surprised at the amount of support you get from people mm-hmm. when you just ask it's surprising you brought up Master chief because i mean we we met him me and you met him what uh one three like what four years ago we met him he's retiring he in july yeah he that dude like i i know senior chiefs that like have like oh yeah you know him i was like yeah like and i remember like initially thinking i didn't like him like he came in and was like nope doing it this way and like i had a couple star cases and like it was like you did your job good job um you know bye and then like looking back on my interactions with him now that i'm older because i was a I mean, not that I'm not a dickhead now, but I was a young, <laughs> dumb fucking asshole that, like, I thought I was the shit, you know? And, you know, um, looking back on interactions with him, it kind of like, okay, he wasn't a dickhead. And then him, you know, our second XPO um, who left there, made senior, took over at 87, took another reason. Same way with him. I thought he fucking hated me. I thought know? he didn't care for me either, to be honest. And, you know, he's been one of the most communicative people that I've kept in touch with actually yeah. since I've become the yeah. ops on my current unit yep. and since I started this OIC process. And I think I, it's just, I think it's just the role and the situation you're in mm-hmm. when, when you're there, you know? Well, you know, I like, I like gratification. I like people telling me I did a good job. I want that pat on the back. And he didn't do that. And no, yeah, I, you do. That, that wasn't his person. <laughs> yeah. So like after like six months of being with him, I just like walked in and I was like, you got a second chief. He's like, yeah. I was like, and I shut the door. I was like, do you not fucking like me? He's like, why would you think that? I go, well, you never talked to me. He's like, do you need something? It's like, no. He's like, I read your last results on your inspection. He says, I I know how you run your programs. And I look at TMT and I see you interact with people. You're doing everything fine. Why would I bother you if you're doing your work? I was like, can you tell me I did a good job though? Like, (laughs) like, get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, get the fuck out of my office. But here, Uh, here you go. Once again, though, you have that XPO who they just lost their support petty officer, and it's all on him now. All the property stuff, all the money stuff, that's all his, plus being the head of the training board. That's a lot of stress. 
Oh yeah, um, and handling all the people, like you said, the Timmy touching Tom thing, like that's that's all his lap, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you said so there was a Master Chief, a Bosun. Uh, who else was on your board? Uh, so I had two Bosuns, the CMC, the uh, RDH, the Response Department head. So O5. So the, you, you said CMC is did he just happen to be a Bosun mate, or was it just a CMC because he deals with personnel issues? So the CMC is always on uh, the sector and the district boards, and then in this case, my CMC is Bosun mate. Okay. Um, so my CMC was actually did his first XPO tour under Master Chief. Really? Get the fuck out of here. Small okay, world. Yeah. And um, and the Ashore uh, multi-mission bosun went through the OIC review process under Master Chief. That's fucking crazy. Uh, Sounds like that dude's had a lot of influence in his career. He's awesome, you know, yeah. He, he so was I a, did a college in uh, Miami not that long ago with my buddy who's the A-ton uh, the Ant XPO. And when I said, I was like, hey, I'm at this college. I'm going to do this. I found out my waiver got approved. He goes, you got to call me tonight. We were on the computer with him for like five hours. Like it, it was like, well, like we got out of school and we went to like 11 o'clock at night just doing scenarios and stuff. And he did it with me and the Ant XPO. And he was like, Master Chief that's a fucking that? leader. That's yeah, a leader. He's, he's like, you guys got to be tired. I'm like, we are. He's like, yeah, you've been in class all day. You want to keep going? I'm like, I'm not going to stop until you stop. And he's like, okay, we're going to stop them. But Disgruntled Sayer, he used to do the, like, so he was from North Carolina, right? Yes, he had uh, a lot of commands up there. Yeah, so he was from North Carolina, a shorter gentleman, like, full of spit and vinegar, like, always wound up, like it seemed like. Like, no, nah, let's let's go do it right now. But yeah, he would rim do and this, rack over his shoulder kind of guy. Yeah, but he would do this <laughs> thing where he wouldn't swear. He goes... He goes, what the truck? And like, yeah. he refused to swear. So like, he's this super wound up short master chief that just knew everything and was just ready to go 24 seven, but refused to swear. And it was like, it, it took you back. Cause he would like, like he would choose not to swear when it wasn't necessary to not swear. And it's just always like, did he really just, you know, like, okay, whatever. But all right. So um, what kind of questions are they asking you? So you already said they asked you some uh, AIDS navigation questions. Yes. What are some of the other questions that they're asking you that's like? So the big killer for BMs on this is the afloat multi-mission side because it gets into relative motion, mo boards, nav rules. But it's not just like your small boat coxswain nav rules. It's like doing a DWO board on a ship. Really? You need to be able to recite the rule and what it means and then apply it to a situation. When you're talking about multi-mission stuff, we have we do have some listeners that aren't in the Coast Guard or in the military at all. Explain yeah, my mom's listening. Multi-missions. So basically, you're a, a cutter, sailor, or a patrol boat. And okay. for the uh, multi-mission side on land, that would be like your stations, your search and rescue guys, okay. your law enforcement crews. Okay. See, I, uh, and I then would... you have the A-ton people, which that A-ton ashore and afloat is just AIDS navigation for the cutter so side. So multi-mission is pretty much everything but A-ton. It's really what you think of when, yeah, when you think of the Coast Guard, for the most part, usually it's the first thing that comes in everyone's mind because they got the 45s on everything with the helicopter over it and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So I would assume, like, if, if someone's like, all right, Mr. Miami, you're going to do an OIC reward board. Sorry, I've been drinking right now. I would be worried more about personnel questions um, and money questions and, you know, sexual harassment, victim advocate, um, you know, things like that, you know, your uh, civil rights things like that would be what I would be worried about. Like, 
like if, if I was a BM1 and I've been doing, you know, I'm obviously an operator and I'm the best there is in my rate. So like, I wouldn't be worried operator. about that shit. I operate yeah, things. Yeah. That makes me an operator. <laughs> um, no, you know, like I'm, I'm <laughs> like, so like, is it, is it pretty much like a service wide exam, but verbal? Is that kind of like, it's more, but it's not just that because it, it kind of, it pulls your pulse out a little bit. They want to see who you are as a person too. So some of the scenarios they'll give you will have to do with, there's a policy. Are you going to follow it or are you going to go and do it? And I'll, I'll tell you um, an example of that. I failed yesterday a section of the board, which doesn't mean you fail the board, but I failed SAR policy. And I had the same scenario several times. And it had to do with the maritime salvage assistance policy where we won't interfere with commercial salvers because we don't want to take away their business from them. Well, my scenario was you have a guy from your unit out on his pleasure boat. He broke down. He calls you. What are you going to do? And I didn't miss a beat. I said, I'm going to get my guy. And in the same scenario, but then with an auxiliarist who's not on orders, go get my guy. And like, yes, I broke the rule because the MSAP rule still applies. Don't that's care. My guy. Exactly. Yeah, that's my it's, guy. it's not... It doesn't matter if he's not at your unit or not. It's there's still our people. Exactly. It's like you know, you one of your SAR cases that always stuck out that you told me was, um, you know, going to Show Island. Keeping I remember you, you you grounded the boat on fucking purpose. Yes. And did you what did you say just a second ago? I just said yes. Oh, uh, like you yeah, said something. The boat. You said, said oh, all oh, bleaching, boat. but I thought you said ditching oh, yeah. the boat. But I remember like you telling me is like I don't remember if you were BM three or BM two. You're like, BM3 is my first star case. Yeah. And I remember you going, yeah, I beat that motherfucker. And I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you know, like I, I was there, I was driving, I was in control. I'm let, I'm fucking doing it. And like, it's, that's, that stuck with me from, you know, however long ago that was to like, I've used that in teaching law enforcement to teaching, you know, doing boards. Like if you're going to do something, be sure of what you're doing and why you're doing it and be ready to accept those consequences. Like, and I, and I teach that and I say that and then I go, I got a BM friend who's insane. You know, he gets off on polishing his toe bits because he thinks that's fun. And he beached a boat, saved someone, went back, looked his master chief right in the eye or his bosun right in the eye and goes, yeah, I beat that shit and I'll do it again. You know, yeah, and it I was- mean, not only that, be able to articulate why you did something. You, know, you just being able to explain your reasoning behind some things can get you through a lot of shit. So... And a funny thing that happened from that particular case was we had a little bit of time because we were already out and we were underway. And thank God we were on the 29 that day because if we were on the 45, that boat was not going to go to the beach and come off, you know. Um, But we were on the 29, and I think we had like a five to ten minute transit. So I'm on the radio, and we're saying, hey, like, notify the CO. I want his blessing already in case I need to do this. But I'm planning to, based on what I've heard of this report, we're going to possibly beach the boat. Well, funny part of the, of the whole case was that OD never told the CO. So when we got back to the station and said, hey, yeah, we uh, we beached the boat, it was like, you did what? So, but the warranted risk was there that it made sense we beached the boat. Like, because we beached you, the boat, we saved the girl. Do you remember when me and the two BM2s took the 24 offshore and eight footers and rescued those three people? Yes. And that was, uh, that was in the paper. That was an awesome case. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah. I remember the BM2 that was driving. He was actually – he was had just gotten there, just gotten his coxswain qual, you know, and I was like, 
we, I heard the call and I was like, Hey, we're out of parameters. And he's like, he's like, I can do this. Are you guys, can you guys do this with me? And we're like, yeah, dude, fuck it. Send it. And we fucking launched that 24 off eight, nine foot waves and beat an 87 beat Cito beat everybody, you know? So like, that's, that's kind of a cool thing where, you know, like you, 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 you think you failed, but like, you know, failing is a, um, it's a scale, you know, in the end of the day, did I not follow policy? Sure, man, go ahead. Write me up. But right. I saved, I saved someone's life. So I don't give a shit. And I, I'm willing to die on that hill. You know, like, it's like, that's gotta be like a hard question to answer, I guess. Like, but yes. Um, like did they ask you, um, like, like they, did they bring up mo boards? Oh yes. That's the first, uh, your first guy is, uh, your afloat multi-mission representative and it's like hey bm1 thanks so much for sitting like are they like uh go ahead and calculate your corpin for a helo landing like are they doing no, shit so, like that so each candidate i'm sorry each candidate each representative for each category they're going to ask you questions about only has tops 10 minutes okay. so they'll hand you a mo board with a bunch of contacts on it and it's like tell me what's going on here go okay so it's more of like looking at a radar not like you know yes it's more of like what this is like the radar screen what's on it, like kind of. on our last ship disgruntled sailor we had it's you know it's the future the future's now dog right I say it all the time we would still use mo boards to calculate you know true wind like why do i need to do that like because that's how we do it here calculate true wind with a mo board and i was like dude i hate all of you Shush. <laughs> um so other than like rate specific things what are some of the scenarios they're giving you when it comes to like you know, Sam and Timmy, Sam and Tommy, Sam and Sally, you know, touching each other, drugs, sexual assault, things like that. Basically all of it. Like you, you really said it and it's, it's just depends on how much time they have by the time they get. So the, the sector commander or the sector captain and then the CMC, those guys are the ones that are, they're holding those questions at the end. Yeah. And it'll be like, Hey, your EPO comes into your office and uh, she says, I just want to let you know that I'm uh, I'm pregnant. And it's the XOs. What do you do? You know? Um, High five. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's one example. And then other examples are. What'd like, you say? Hey, uh, so, and that one, my first concern is like, oh, we're going to have a new new baby, new family member of the Coast Guard joining our ranks. You know? Bro, like, you are so Joe Coasty. Like, I just. So, <laughs> well, but like, but some people though, you know, they get, they get kind of scared in that situation and they, they don't come out and say right away, I'm pregnant because they don't want to get in trouble. But it's like, okay, well, now that you're telling me this, thanks, great. But do you have a doctor? Do you have plans to the delivery? Like, what are you, where are you at? Are you okay? Is your family okay? Do you need help? How many weeks are you? Obviously, you have to make your proper notifications up the chain and stuff, but Yep, and then how many weeks are you into your pregnancy? Because that could determine if you can be on the boat, if you're on a a float unit, or if you're landside, can you still get underway on a small boat? Um, There's a whole pregnancy manual. It's the M1000.9, and... Correct. It's not that long, but it's got a lot of stuff in it. That's it, like it has a shit ton it. of information in it. Yeah, all your like your primary uh, convalescent leave and stuff, you know, um, which primary caregiver with the convalescent leave eighty four days, forty two, forty two, and then if you're the secondary caregiver, so like the father, three weeks. Um, all that stuff's outlined in there. So that's like one scenario, and another scenario is uh, you're in a small area, uh, and these are just examples. These scenarios can range from A to Z, but like. Just to give you kind of like an idea where you kind of start got to thinking with the whole thing is uh, you're in a cold weather area and then you get reports from base housing that your members' kids are running around outside in the snow in their underwear. You know, and it's like, 
everyone wants to think straight to discipline sometimes, but it's like, sounds like kids might've just got out of the house and are doing kid stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, listen, it's like listening to you talk about the questions of your scenarios is like watching Bob Ross paint. Like, yeah, man, we're just gonna, <laughs> it's like watching what a master that? disco. It's <laughs> like, yeah, we're just gonna go. You know who he reminds me of a little bit? Who? RC Cola. Yeah, exactly. He does. Like super articulate. Yeah. It just it's just like yeah oh yeah breakfast man it's one thousand decimal nine whatever blah 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 blah. Well, I've actually, been studying, so I know it. So I actually knew that one. <laughs> I knew that one from being an FAI because I have to say like you know in accordance with you know common structure one thousand nine series. They well, that exposure. Has members enter fetus. Pregnant women yeah. are a lot of people. Blah 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 blah. So yeah. like it's just, it's like it's watching it's like watching Bob Ross. Like yeah we're just gonna you know oh happy just, little trees happy little trees. <laughs> oh god just kids just got out kids are dickheads you know what are we gonna do man. Um, some, and did, sometimes that's all it is. But then, like, you'll see some people though they jump straight to the hammer. But it's like, let's just take a second, figure out it's real. Like another scenario, they uh, they got me on, or I felt like I shouldn't say they got me on. I felt like they were baiting me with. But they're like, your you got a report that your member's girlfriend was seen out in town and she was all bruised and banged up. What are you gonna do? And we actually have a process for that in the Coast Guard where it's like you identify the SARC, you identify uh, CJS and the Family Advocacy Specialist. What is what's the SARC? The SARC is the uh, sexual, sexual assault, assault response, response coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of like start notifying all of those entities, right? But then you notify those entities, good, because they're the ones that are supposed to do that investigation. You don't want to get involved with it. Turned out she got in a car accident. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But you see some people come in real quick with the axe. And it's not about that. It's about taking care of people. No. People first every time. So, Bob Ross, dog. Bob Ross. <laughs> that's your new call sign is bob ross okay um, change it from jimothy to bob yeah um <laughs> was there anything that you just flat out felt like you messed up or they said you just didn't do good on or like looking back know? at the i told you i failed the sar policy i i don't count that, that as a fail i don't count that as a fail but it's the way i spoke about it like disgruntled sailor said articulation i didn't articulate that i knew i was breaking a rule or even acknowledge there was a rule that existed i just said get my guy so i think had i been a little bit better about explaining instead of being like i'm gonna get my dude you know like might have might have i know i know there's this policy and and i know this policy says we can't do this but at the same time i me as a person i'm not willing to risk this person's life by me not responding i feel like if that could have been a, a good articulation of it um, and the other thing too, that when I was answering my questions and something that I was coached to me for any scenario, whether it's mission related or personnel related answer with what you would do and not with what you think they want to hear. So one of my questions was, you promised your family a trip to, to Disney. Admiral all of a sudden calls you and says, yeah, I'm coming by. What are you going to do? I'm like, take and leave. XBO can represent the unit. Like, you know, like. And they're like, you're going to turn down the Admiral? It's like, yeah, I planned a pretty expensive trip to Disney, so I better better go. Yeah. You know? <laughs> family family first. Did you say that? Yes, I did. What'd they say? Good. They, they said they actually knew that I was going to say that already, based on how I had answered other scenarios. Yeah. So, Get fucked, sir. <laughs> <laughs> not quite like that. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a... It's a mentally challenging thing to go through. And I really was hoping I'd feel a little bit more relief after getting through sector, but now it's like I feel like the heat's definitely turned up. All right. So, so how long do you have till you do your so right now you're not a certified OIC, right? 
No. You are just you the first step, like it'd be the equivalent of like passing your PQS and your PQS complete, you stood your watches, now you're ready to be stand before the qualified people. Pretty much. Or even just like you did your board, time for a check ride kind of thing. Oh, that's a better analogy. Yeah. Um so now you go to district. So do you where the is district of Miami? District, so it floats around sometimes, uh, depending upon where you're at. So where we're at, it'll be in Miami. Uh, but last time it was actually in St. Pete. So. Oh, okay. So now you go through, you go to a district board. How long do you have to prepare for that? So it, it just depends on when the sector board gets scheduled. We were fortunate where I'm at that it was early. Mm-hmm. So I have six weeks. Okay. But like we're you- the only sector so far that's gone. And I think you'll see like a couple other ones will probably start trickling with the results over the next week or so. But as of right now, we're the only sector in uh, our district that has done it. So are you going to review some of the same material that you've been reviewing, or do you have a different set of things you're going to look at now for district side? So when you go through the board, they'll give you a score sheet, which is a standard Coast Guard form. It's called the CG 5113, and it's the officer in charge review form. And it has a bunch of notes on it from the guys that were uh, with me in the sector board. And I'm going to go through all those notes and identify weaknesses that I can tune up because now that seven part folder I told you about that 5113 is in there. So the district people will see what I wasn't so strong with at district and then they can reopen that. So they're going to come at you again with them. Yes. So if I didn't make uh, improvements in those areas, it's like, what'd you do? You know? So I will have to add that on top of my other studying. And I'm a part of a groom zoo. We meet every night on zoom probably from like eight to Sometimes it goes till midnight, one. Every night? You know, every every night. night? Seven days a week? Uh, usually they take weekends off. Like right now, because the boards are kind of starting it slowed down because people don't want to study the night before. But I tell you what's neat about these Zoom groups is you get qualified guys coming in that have got their certs over some some of as recent as last year, some as old as 10 years ago. Some of them are retired, and they're getting on there to talk about it. Because That's it's cool. like It's that – like neatly tightly woven of a network yeah so it's a small community and they're all willing to help to to make things better yes so who's on a district oic board the big thing that changes with the district is instead of having the o5 you'll have the o6 like so the captain like a captain or a it's, the captain? yeah it's it's the um uh like basically your response department head of the district so be 06 instead of 05. Okay. And the so is it the same? It's a is it a district master chief, district command master chief, or is it yep. a sector? Okay. Yep, and, be the district CMC. Okay. What do you happen to know what rate they are? Uh Bosun's mate again. Really? Yes. Already then. All right. And it's the same amount of people, and it's kind of like the same timeline, like uh amount of questions, same thing, like Yes. Except for this one, instead of for the only other difference besides the two I already mentioned the work-life person will be an actual work-life person instead of a PERS warrant. Oh. Yes. Okay. So you you had a yeoman warrant for your sector one? Yes, for work-life and for conduct and discipline. Conduct and discipline. Damn. Yes. So like, all right, so you have six weeks, and you take your board. What happens? You take your board. They, like, tell you immediately, like, you did it, they buddy. Do. They, they throw you out of the room for a few minutes. It's like any other, you know, board we've kind of grown up doing, and uh, they deliberate about you, and you either come back in and you get the go or you don't. So what happens if you get the no-go? Got to do it again. 
how how like how long can you till you can go again? Do you have to wait for the next season? The next season in the fall. Yep. Okay. What if you pass? If I pass, then there's like a computer. And this is what I've been told because I've been. I haven't made it that far yet, but uh, there's a computer right there with a printer hooked up to it. They print you certs. They send it off to CG753 uh, uh, and EPM, and you're you're now known in the system to be eligible to hold command. It, it, do you think this is your most important qualification? Within the BM within the BM rating, this is like the mecca of of our rating, basically. Yes. What about outside of the rate? Or was that just like... So outside of the rate, this is really something that I've heard some rumors with. I really hope that our RFMC comes out and... That's the Rating Force Master Chief. Yes, I I really hope that our Rating Force Master Chief comes out. And so for people that don't know what the Rating Force Master Chief is, each rating in the Coast Guard has one. And think of that as like that ratings union rep. Mm -hmm. And I really wish he'd come out. He he just dropped his retirement letter because he just got an awesome job based on his OIC stuff that he's done within the Coast Guard on the outside. So he was actually going to, he's actually, I think, retiring a year early than he was supposed to because he, he got a great opportunity to go pursue. And he's at like 26 years, you know? So I think that's some of the problems with the retention in our rate right now. And while it's so low is people don't, know all of the different things you can do when you get out it's not just like being a tugboat driver or cop or whatever like if you get into the the oic world xpo jobs you're looking at like very high upper level management good paying positions uh, across all different kinds of companies and markets so and then of course there's those other jobs that i mentioned too if you want to do sure but a lot of people want to get out and think they can go find six-figure jobs well they're out there um but you have to earn the resume you know yeah that's crazy. Um, that's that's really kind of a... the same though with uh, how you can use qualifications you earn in the Coast Guard to get high paying jobs on the outside. Like ICS qualifications is another one. Yep. And ICS is open to like pretty much anybody as long as you're willing to yeah. go through the trainings to get it, and you can stack some fat cash on the outside with those quals. Mm-hmm. And, and we tr- we treat ICS like a fucking joke, and on the outside, yeah, we, yeah like nobody big wants big to do it. <laughs> Yeah, like it's a big deal in this event. It's huge. Yeah, like they sent me to ICS 700 trading, and I'm ICS 700 qualified. So like at my sector where I'm at now, like, hey, Miss Ramy, we need you for ICS drill. And I was like, I mean, okay. And then like, here's your vest. You're in charge of logistics. Yeah, just... yeah but if you've ever seen, like, I, I was involved in an ICS, like an incident command post when I was in uh, Port Arthur during Hurricane Harvey. And if you've ever seen one run, it runs really efficiently if it's yeah. done how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, I did one in Texas and in Baltimore and also in North Carolina. So you know? another another good thing that's it's new and the system's it's a little cumbersome. So if anyone out there hears me say this that has influence on it, you know, please know that I'm not criticizing without solution, but I'm criticizing in a way that I just don't really fully understand something yet. But CG Cool, to go well, get your... Weird. CG cool, uh, your CG uh, cool. Coast Guard, your credentials for doing like Merchant Mariner, Captain's licenses. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Season, you know, yeah. That program is now to help us get those certs easier, more better, faster. But we're still kind of learning about it. But I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, that's like a goal for me to figure out this summer to try to get guys captain's licenses and stuff that are eligible. Um, yeah. But there's a training process to it, and then once you get the training figured out on the units for the paperwork side of it basically I, like, oh you have underway hours cool put it all together send it off it's done i am so small picture most of the time like 
you know, um, do you remember when we found, I think it was you that found it, the You Rock Award on the portal? Mm-hmm. And you sent it to me? <laughs> and, and you sent me a You Rock Award. I still have it saved. And, you know, we're like, ah, we all laughed. And then we started sending them throughout the whole fucking station. And then the XPO came out and he's like, hey, those are tracked. I'm getting notifications <laughs> for them. Knock it the fuck off. We're like, oh my God, really? He's like, yeah. Every time you do one, it goes up to headquarters and comes all the fucking way back down. Stop fucking doing it. I, like, so I literally the button so easy to click yeah. on Portal there. I literally <laughs> told that story to my chief uh, this past week or last week. And I was like, they were sending stuff like, oh, you had a great poop today. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, someone asked some assholes reading all those. And I was like, whoops sorry like uh, you yeah, know they shouldn't have made it to where i didn't have to enter a password yeah um cool Said i had a cat card and i was good yeah all right you got anything else to add um for or against or helpful tips for oic review board before we move on it's a tough process um it's a process you know and it sounds I, pretty easy to me i mean i feel like i can knock this out like in, while I'm doing air crew at the same time, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the big thing is nerves, you know, and, uh, I heard the master chief from uh, station Pontonlet at the district seven college, use the term lean into it. If you know that makes you uncomfortable, then you need to lean into it. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I know I don't oh. like that. So instead of avoiding it, just lean into it. And that's what I'm trying to do. I was nervous as hell yesterday. Um, I'm nervous thinking about six weeks from now and, uh, I hope for the best, but I know no matter what happens when I come out of it, I'm probably smarter than I was when I walked in. So. You'll do fine. You'll do fine. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. So let's move on to our new segment. Um, <laughs> Fatso, you want to say our new segment? Yeah. Uh, so I had an idea a while back that we, you know, Mr. Miami's been covering, you know, different topics in the military, whether it's, you know, beer runs <laughs> or <laughs> influential people. And I was like, hey, man, we should cover the FRCs. And the FRC stands for Fast Response Cutter. And because they're all named after, you know, Coast Guard heroes or super influential people that the Coast Guard has. And we should cover those and explain to people why those boats got those names and who those people were. So just so like, you know, you know, I know, I know I'm always pick on my mom, but FRC. So Fast Response Cutter. So here's the scenario. I'm on a 210-foot cutter <laughs> and we're in the East Pack. And I'm all excited, got my coveralls ready to go. I'm getting some drugs, right? And or MBL, the maritime boundary line, whatever. And we're out there doing joint ops with an FRC. We see a TOI, which is a target of interest. We're like, that motherfucker's up to no good. Let's get him. And then we floor it. And you know, the train engines come up. We you know, pipe pursuit teams, and we get our shit on. It takes us 45 minutes to do our brief. And our fucking this and our that. We finally launched the boat. We're going 19 knots. And I remember I'm on the boat deck. We're going as we're about to put the boat to the hip, like right before it comes out of the cradle. And we're just coming down from 19 knots. And I see this fucking FRC, fast response cutter. It looks like if Lego designed a, a Coast Guard ship, that's what it looked like. That's sleek, the way of putting it. Yeah, sleek, fast. Mm -hmm. And this thing comes screaming fucking by at like 45 knots. Just like, dude, <laughs> like we have to do pursuit with our small boat. And like, when it's an open console and I'm yelling on a radio, we got one blue light going, woo. And this whole, <laughs> whole ass ship just goes, Rah! and just passes of us. Like we're standing fucking still and they beat us. And like, it's like, God damn it. Like, you know, I mean, you're got what, like, so like what, what year was your ship commissioned? My ship was commissioned in 2013. 
our ship was commissioned in 1965. Hell yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, uh, but anyway, that's my little FRC thing. So the, the main reason you're here is you're going to do the first FRC namesake fucking spiel. Cool. All right. Awesome. So uh, pretty much we're going to do the floor is yours. Uh, give us as much or as little information as you want. Excuse me. And um, we're going to jump in where we want to jump in. And that's pretty much fucking it. All right, cool. So the FRC, like Mr. Miami mentioned, is the fast response cutter. But within that title, there's also a class of cutter. And it's known as the Sentinel class of cutter. And it earned that name from Alexander Hamilton when he was quoted in a Federalist paper. And I quote, a few armed vessels judiciously stationed at entrances to our ports might at a small expense be made useful sentinels of our laws. So when that quote was rediscovered, that's when it became decided that it'll be the sentinel class of cutters. So another interesting thing with the fast response cutter that we touched on real brief is that they're named after Coast Guard heroes. Well, that wasn't always the case. The cutters originally had a completely different namesake lined up that it was at uh, the spring of 2009 when Coast Guard hero Bernie Weber crossed the bar, meaning he passed away. 60 years prior to that, he was involved in a pretty dangerous case off Chatham, Massachusetts, where he was operating a 36-foot motor lifeboat that rescued 32 people in sea conditions of approximately 60 feet. So it was at that memorial service. At the time, you had uh, Master Chief Petros, the Coast Guard, uh, Skip Bowen, and then you had the Commandant, Admiral Allen, attend Bernie Weber's memorial service in Cape Cod. So while at the service, Master Chief Petros, the Coast Guard, Bowen, thought it would be a missed opportunity that the Coast Guard was naming its new class of fast response cutters and variations using the words Guardian or Sentinel and not naming the vessels after heroes like Bernie Weber. So on the flight home, he spoke to the Commandant about changing the already approved set of names to enlisted heroes. The MCPOG felt that the vessels were named after heroes who started out in the enlisted ranks. It would ensure the lesser known but very important individuals of our service would be remembered and honored forever. Uh, previously, most cutters named for individuals were named after senior government or high-ranking Coast Guard officials. So the Commandant at the time, Admiral Allen, Ad, Admiral Allen readily agreed. It was all about Which, which one was Allen? What did he look like? The, the, the Thadmiral. Thadmiral. Oh, Thadmiral. Shit. Yep, I had Thadmiral. a brain fart. My bad, dog. No, it's all good. So Admiral Allen was all about it. Uh, and even with the Commandant's support, there was a great deal of resistance to yeah, the Navy. Typical ship. officers. Goddamn so, sirs and ma'ams. So Coast Guard headquarters actually voted against the change. But Master Chief Paris of Coast Guard, Skip Bowen, undauntedly persevered and in February of 2010 went to the Vice Commandant, uh, at the time was Admiral David uh, Pekoski, and asked him to intervene directly. The Vice Commandant looked into the situation, decided the objections that were coming from various programs at headquarters were not well-founded enough to make the call. So paving the way for the entire FRC fleet from that moment forward, it was a direct order that they will be named after enlisted heroes. That's, That's fucking dope. That's fucking yeah. dope. So 
The first one we'll talk about is the seventh of 64 cutters, and right now we're on cutter number 47. So the program, we're going to make 64 of these boats. And at this point, we're kind of getting up to where we have like the class A and the class B, meaning you have the older boats and the newer ones. So there's been like a lot of changes and some new designs on some of the newer ones that they've learned from early on ships. Like I remember um, like uh, ma bigger changes from like the, you know, the 110 classes, A, B, and C was like, what type of engines were in there? Like Caterpillar or I forget what the fucking other one was. Um, but is that like kind of the same thing, like different engine types, props, bow thrusters, shit like that? Bridge yep. configuration, things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Your running gear, some of your bridge configuration. Um, a big one's been some of the structural stuff, just because it's a brand new boat design. It's like, okay, we learned. Did you say uh, running running gear? Running gear, like props and uh, rudders and stuff. Oh, I've never heard that term before. Oh. Well, that's, I don't know. That's just what I, that's what I know. It's that's a like, boat and mate <laughs> thing. Is that like is that like turbine tank? Is that like a, a special colloquial thing or like? No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's been hanging around Jos too much on the ships. I don't know. You take that the fuck back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Okay, so uh, Hall Seven in the series of FRCs is Charles David Jr. Uh, Charles David Jr. was born in New York City in 1917, and when Pearl Harbor occurred on December 7th. It was clear the United States would have to enter World War II. Uh, men across the country were ready to join the United States Coast Guard, including Charles David, and he chose to enter the Coast Guard on his own free will and enlisted. He was not picked up or drafted or anything like that. Did it all? Was it, does it say how old he was? Uh, so it says he was born in seven, 1917 and then 1941, so see, like 34-ish. Oh, shit, that's old. So... Yeah. Um, Here's the other thing now. Charles David Jr. was a black man. Really? Yes. At I didn't that, know that time, at that time, the military, like much of the country, was segregated. So the jobs available to African Americans, uh, he could only do things, uh, work in kitchens and be a steward's mate. Uh, that was that was the the scope of their rating availability. So Charles David Jr. Uh, he worked his way up to first class steward's mate, which at that time promotions were. Very scarce, and demotions were pretty common. Uh, so by late 1942, Charles David Jr. was assigned to the Coast Guard Cutter Comanche. And in 1943, the Comanche was part of a convoy escorting two merchant ships. Uh, one of those merchant ships was the Dorchester, which was a former luxury ship that was commandeered by the military. Uh, and so that vessel was carrying more troops and supplies uh, to go to the army base in Greenland. Did you say what kind of ship he was on? Uh, it was the uh, Coast Guard Comanche. So that's one of the secretary what? class cutters, like the museum ship they have in Key West. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like it was a, it was like a medium endurance cutter, like a two seventy kind of style kind of thing, or yeah, I think those yeah. I think those things were over two hundred foot, if I remember correctly. Okay. So the Comanche and two other cutters, uh, the Escanaba and Tampa were along to assure that the bigger ships carrying men and supplies would make it to Greenland. So the path to Greenland required passing through Torpedo Alley. Uh, that, was the, that was the spot where they couldn't have air cover, right? Uh, that I don't know. I know. Yeah, so like they, they got air cover out like, so like here's Atlantic, they're going this way. 
That's as far as airplanes can go. And then here's the other side. This is as far as airplanes go. This is where the U-boats went because uh, there was no fucking air cover. Yeah. Okay. He said, I know. <laughs> did I did I say that? Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's cool. So the path to green required them to go through Torpedo Alley, though. Uh, and for that area earned its name because of the number of ships that had been struck by German submarines. Like I just said, because I know. So unfortunately for the convoy, the unthinkable happened. On February 3rd at 12.55 a.m., the Dorchester, carrying 904 men on board, was torpedoed by a German U-boat. The damage was so great to the uh, large passenger ship that the ship sank within 20 minutes. The ship listed heavily uh, to one side before it sank, and that made some of the lifeboats and life jackets inaccessible. So men grabbed what they could, but a lot of the crew that were on, on board the Dorchester uh, went into the sea. So at this point, you've got two Coast Guard cutters there, and Coast Guard Cutter Comanche, carrying Cutter Charles David Jr., was first one to go, start doing rescues. And the process that they used to perform the rescue is called the Retriever Rescue. Launch a small boat, crew goes out, start getting guys. This is different. You know, those small boats don't have radios or ways to talk to people. It's like the boat goes and they start doing the king's business, you know. But it wasn't uncommon in rough weather and dark nights, the cutter would lose its small boat. So they started doing the retriever rescue. Uh, this is basically their only way or mode for rescue operation. The Coast Guardsmen would put on wetsuits, which is basically just rubber to try to retain some body heat. And those being rescued soon found that because of how cold the water was and how bad the weather was, that they've lost all dexterity in their limbs. So having a plan for that, they went ahead and had lines rigged up for the retriever to put around people's waist so they could hoist them up to the deck of the ship. So the maneuver was not frequently used. Uh, normally, officers were expected to set the example for their men, but however, because of the large-scale operation, they had to take volunteers from inside the ship that have never done it before. One of the first people to volunteer was Charles David Jr. Charles David Jr. was not one of the normal ranking members to do this job. It was not expected of him. And so he and 11 others began performing this rescue operation. Uh, Charles David Jr. was described by people on the boat as a strong, strapping, cheerful man. They said, based on like the reports of his personality, wouldn't have it any other way. So he got in a wetsuit, started work and rescue, uh, trying to save as many people in the water as possible. At one point, the cutter moved away from one of the cutter's own life rafts, and Charles David Jr. knew that that life raft was over there because it was one of his buddies that was on the boat also performing rescue. So he yelled out to the captain of the cutter, and eventually the cutter made it back to the small boat, uh, and it took about 30 minutes where Ensign Robert Anderson was helping others, and they just got to him in time as hypothermia started to set in. So with the ensign in bad shape uh, and other members performing the rescue starting to go down due to hypothermia, David wrapped a, ro a rope around his own chest and continued diving into the water and grabbing more people and bringing them back to the ship. So this is an interesting time now, right, for the Coast Guard, because here you have a segregated military, segregated country, and you have a man who has been segregated against going out, saving officers, people from his own boat, people from the other yeah. boat, and he's just going to town, right? So another person that he saved from his own ship was his good friend, Richard Swanson, uh, and this is one of his good buddies from Nebraska. Unfortunately, uh, the two of them loved music, 
They loved to hang out, but when they did hang out, they had to watch where they could go because of Segregate America at the time. So of the 227 survivors from the Dorchester out of 904 people, uh, 93 of those survivors were saved by Charles David Jr. and the efforts of the Comanche. Damn. Yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good number for one small cutter. Um, and a lot of it came down to the one guy wanting to stay in the water. So Coast Guard Cutter Comanche continued its way to Greenland. Once there, Charles David Jr. and the others were taken to the hospital for care. And most of them came down with pneumonia. After the ordeal, Charles David Jr. passed away 54 days later, where he left behind a widow and a three-year-old son. So after his death, Charles David Jr. and several other crewmen were awarded the highest non-combat awards, so Navy and Marine Corps medals. David was also recognized by President Johnson through a certificate to his widow. And he also, years later, the Immortal Chaplains Foundation, honoring the chaplains who died also doing rescues that night, gave Charles David Jr. the prize for humanity. And then most recently, in November 2013, the U.S. Coast Guard commissioned a new fast response cutter called Charles David Jr., which is the first in Key West and operates, still operates out of Key West, Florida. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, like, I, then... like, I already, like, you know, desegregation is, is you know, well behind us, but um, you're making a lot of noise there, Jim. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but, like, it's so like, you know, for me, just gonna say like the race thing never comes into it. But like, if I don't like you, I'm not gonna help you at all. And like, to you know, and you know, when I'm when I talk about that, I talk about like, you know, I don't like the way you chew your food on the mess deck. I don't like the way you get milk. I don't like the way you walk. You know, like things like that. So like, for someone to be, uh, you know, um, subjugated to like segregation shit like that, and then still have the mental and physical aptitude to step up and just go, nah, man, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like these he, people he, need help. I'm gonna help them. Yeah, yep. so like it, 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 it's a cool thing to like, you know, the, especially like you know, being in the Coast Guard. These are the one, like one of the you know cool things I do like about the Coast Guard, where you know people would just step up at in the time of need and just do the business. You know, um, like but like you said, like he just you know um, wouldn't have any other way. I think the Charles David Jr. should change whatever the fuck their motto is to wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> motto be dope. Steward of the Seas. Steward of the Seas. That's cool, too, because he was a steward's mate. So for for now, kind of like fast forward, even even like within the same general time period, he'd passed away in Greenland. So then he was buried under the war acts of the time in Greenland. And it wasn't until 20-some years later after that incident, they brought everybody back to the United States. So now his family and everyone, no one knows what happened to him. They know he was on the ship. They know he passed away. But like they have no idea where his body is. So finally, in 2004, the family... So from 19... Would you say 1943? 1943. Yep. To 2000 what? 2004. So like 60 fucking years? Yep. They finally figured out where he was, and he was buried at a gravesite, Long Island National Cemetery in Farmingdale, New York, only 40 miles from where his family lived. So finally, after that much time, Charles David uh, Jr.'s family had peace knowing where their hero and their grandfather arrested. That's pretty cool. Did Do you happen to know if any of the family members attended the commissioning? 
the granddaughter did, and we've been trying to get in touch with her. And then I've been doing a bunch of Facebook digging, and I found someone who that the officer he saved mm-hmm. still posts regularly and is like, yeah, this is today's the day. If it wasn't for this day and this guy, I would have never met my grandfather. So I've been trying to reach out, but I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of traction on trying to uh, get them back because the boat's actually going through a pretty big overhaul right now. Uh, it's getting brand new paint jobs, stability yeah. modifications, all this other kind of stuff, and we'd love to kind of like have like a re- you know, you know who's really right good at internet sleuthing is the disgruntled sailor. <laughs> we, bro, we might got to link out. So, do you do you do you happen to have? So you're still in touch with Master Chief Cannon, right? Yes, I am. Do you think you could do me a very solid favor and possibly see if he still has the contact info for that crazy fucking GM three that was on the point welcome that came to talk to us? I think I actually have that guy's information. Do you? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Master Chief McKinley. Yeah. 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 Really. Yeah. I do, did. I when I talked about that, did I do that justice? Like on how he, on how he spoke. I think so. Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. I didn't mean to go off topic, but that would be fucking rad. Um, no, you're good. But that that's a it's a cool fucking story, and we're gonna tr- we're gonna try to keep continuing to do these, um, because I think. You know, obviously, I'm enlisted. people need to know. People need to know. Like, like I, I just, I just saw two FRCs come through where I'm at, and I looked at the names. And I was like, I don't know. I've never heard that fucking name in my entire life. I don't fucking know who that is. Right. You know, but like every time, like the only one I know is Nate Bruckenthal. You know, and I know the Horn, I know Terrell Horn. I know Bernie Weber. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I know the big ones. Um, but like the small, the ones that are lesser known. Like I feel like. The Coast Guard did a disservice. Like, yes, they. It's a big. It's a. I can't understand. I can't say how. Like, I don't know how to fucking say it, but like, the Coast Guard is doing a significant thing by naming them after them. But they did a kind of disservice by not disseminating these guys. Like, people should know who the heroes are of the enlisted workforce. But they did a poor job of of like disseminating that information. I guess. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think the Mick Fog did the right thing by sticking to his guns on saying we need to name these ships this. Yeah. Like, when we're talking about this, all I could think about was that quote from the Sandlot that Babe Ruth said. He's like, remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Yeah. Well, that's kind of opposite because it's the hero guys. So, like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, now that you said it, it kind of sounds dumb. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so that's our, that's the beginning. That's the first of many. Well, 40, what'd you say, 46, 47? Well, there's, we're at 47 yeah, right they, now. Yeah, we're at 47. They plan to do 64, I think. Yep, Damn, that's, that's, right. a, that's a lot of fucking people. What's up, everybody? It's the Disgruntled Sailor here, and I just wanted to take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors, Oak and Iron Coffee. Oak and Iron was founded to honor America's rich nautical history along with the history of the Coast Guard. Every member of their team has either served in the Coast Guard or a veteran who grew up on the water. They are putting out some amazing coffee. They offer whole bean or ground coffee along with K-cups, tumblers, and stickers. They can even do unit orders if needed. One of the best things about the company is that a portion of all the proceeds goes to support CGMA. So every time you buy from them, you're essentially helping your fellow Coasties who need it the most. Go check them out on Instagram at Oak and Iron Coffee or on the web at OakandIronCoffee.com and tell them the disgruntled sailor sent you. Um, cool, man. Um, so let's go on to some last calls. Uh, unless anybody has anything else before we fucking start uh, changing the mood here. 
Um, Nothing? I don't think so. I think I'm good. All right. So, everybody knows, do you guys know what walkie-talkies are? Yeah. Like, like radio walkie-talkies? Yeah, like, you know, Cotton Hill's like, you know, bottom walkie-talkies for when he's walking and talking, you know? Um, imagine if, you remember the other day when I said if the guy that had named uh, Merry-Go-Rounds, if he had named roller coasters, they'd be called Scary-Go-Downs? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, if the person who had named walkie-talkies got to name everything, here's what it would sound like. Stamps will be called Licky Stickies. Uh, a defibrillator will be called a Hardy Starty. Uh, <laughs> bumblebees will be called a Fuzzy Buzzy. A pregnancy test will be called Maybe Baby. Uh, <laughs> a bra will be called a Breasty Nesty. Your fork will be called a Stabby Grabby. Socks will be called Feedy Heaties. Hippo would be called a floaty bloaty, and nightmare would be called a screamy dreamy. Oh <laughs> I laughed at that post for probably twenty fucking minutes. Um, let's see here. All right, next. Um, so you guys both listen to rap music? Sure, yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, so you got like Lil Wayne and like, you know, Big Time and all that shit. How come there's no medium rappers? Everyone's either big or Lil, like. How come we don't have like medium scrappy? Oh, or, like you mean like by the name? Yeah, like how come we don't have like <laughs> like little scrappy? Yeah, like medium scrappy. Like you know, yeah. like how come it's always bigger lil? Like why can't there ever you be know, any? Like... I don't know. I never thought of it like that before. Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't sound scrappy. as good. It doesn't, but still, like it, it makes me wonder. Like, why are those the only two delineations of rappers that we have? Um. All right, next. Um. If vegan restaurant if if vegan say restaurants should offer vegan options, vegan restaurants should offer meat options. I mean I I I agree with that. Because like I have friends that are vegans, even though I don't agree with their eating choices, like we're still friends, we hang out and like if we go to a restaurant it's it's better if we go to a restaurant that caters to both of us well why if if vegans are if being vegan so dope why are they trying to make vegan bacon vegan burgers vegan chicken why are they trying to make everything like fucking meat just if you want to be because vegan I think and you only want to be plants just fucking I think eat fucking it's plants because it's familiar like think about it you grew up eating bacon you grew up eating chicken you grew up eating all this stuff and if you can if if that's what you choose to do with your life you know, go that route and be a vegan. If you can have stuff that's familiar and tastes somewhat similar to what you remember, I feel like it makes the transition easier. Disagree. You wouldn't expect you weren't expecting that answer, were you? Pick a fucking lane, dog. <laughs> Either eat lettuce or fucking eat meat. Pick a fucking lane. All right. All right. My last one. All right. If you wouldn't go to someone for advice, don't take their criticisms either. Yeah, I totally. Absolutely. So like I if like you know, some of the chiefs and people that we had on the last boat, some of the officers we had on my last boat, like, you know, they would criticize me and like, you know, doc um disgruntled sailor to a lesser uh, extent, you know, but like it would bother me. Like, why the fuck who the fuck does this guy think he is? Like, if I wouldn't ask their advice, I shouldn't be like upset when they judge me, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like, for example, um, like, 
old CMC. If he was trying to like, hey man, maybe you should do it this way or do this, give me criticism. I would like take it to heart. But like yeah. the new the new CSC that we got, if he said anything, I was like, I fucking hate you. Yeah, I was like, mind your mind your own fucking business. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's all I had for today's episode. Um, Jimothy, you got anything else, man? No, dude. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's fun. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can uh once you're finished with your OIC board, you take your first command, then we can have you back on so you can tell us about your first fucking command. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's gonna be all kinds of cool stories. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming. Peace. Bye.